It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is up, guys? Hand up before Ant and Earl try to roast me. I uh, was a few minutes late. So, yeah, I'll just get out. You guys can roast me anytime you want. Get into it. Uh, before we start, I will let you all have the floor because I deserve it. So, apologies for being a minute late, but we're here. It's behind the glass crew, Anthony, Earl. Uh, thanks for changing the header while you were waiting for me. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> y'all y'all waited for me to be late for then for me to still do the header, but uh, I deserve it. Sorry. We, we were talking about life, you know. And just the different aspects of it and how to navigate it the whole nine. So, like, forgive us for having some small talk, but I ain't gonna beat you up because uh, just my luck 77 to hold me up tomorrow morning. So, I'm gonna go ahead and just like let you have it. Yeah, I don't, I, I think I'm <laughs> like 802 every day at this point. So, yeah, no, that was that was like I said, legitimately my bad. I was you fresh uh, though. Yeah, shout out to my like, guy Like, if ben. you're going to be late, at least be late and fresh. Shout out to my guy, Ben. He hooked me up. Always does. So Looking like you related to Tommy Egan. I see you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, last time I got a haircut, it's been a while. So, usually I go like – I try to go every month. This time it was six weeks between. But I left it a little longer last time because I liked the I liked the longer. But my hair grew literally so long. If you all saw my pregame thing I did on Sunday, I couldn't control it. It was out of my control. So, I was like, you know what? Let's go a little shorter. Let's keep it a little more manageable, and uh, we'll see how that works this time. So, so you you go about five to six weeks between haircuts, and how long you go? Oh, I usually man. go a month. This time was a little longer just because we had a little chaos with my friends visiting. Yeah, it depends. If I have, if I have something like going on like that wedding I was just in, uh-huh. I'll I'll go get it immediately because like I just have a friend that I text and she cuts my hair for me. So like I'll go like four months. I let it grow out. I don't care. Bree won't let me cut a mullet though. I really want, I really want to rock the mullet, and she won't let me. I get my hair done like every sixty to ninety days. That's crazy. Six, so that's six, what like, three every two every or three two months? to three months. I get yeah, my but hair we out. listen. We have very different hair, Earl. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, you and I have very very different hair. <laughs> so I just took my hair down this week. I get my hair done. Actually, we got to talk about that tomorrow. I got a hair appointment in like two weeks. We'll talk about that. But. Speaking of hair. Earl, I want to call out some of your friends who I don't know. So I say this with love. I just want to I just want to let anyone who's watching know I say this with love. But on the show on Tuesday, Earl said he would, theoretically speaking, in a hypothetical world, cut his hair if the Browns go 5-0 and to end the season. Or at least we suggested that should be his, uh, his reward and or punishment if that comes true. Well, one of our UCSS viewers – sent us in a bald picture of Earl, a little Photoshop action, which was hysterical, to which Earl posted on his Instagram. And Earl, you said you had people hitting you up saying, is this real? Man, listen, since yesterday, I can show you I can show you my phone. On Facebook, on Instagram, phone calls, text messages, I've had people hitting my line like, <laughs> did you really cut your locks? 
did, did you really do that? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I, I ain't gonna lie, I was disappointed because clearly you ain't watched the show. That hurt my heart that you didn't watch the show because if you watched the show, you would know what's going on and you wouldn't even ask me that question. But uh, no, I kind of got a good kick out of it. I let people just go all day thinking, like, okay, if you think, if you really think me of all people cut my locks off, you don't lost your damn. But you don't know Earl, yeah. You don't know Earl. Like, yeah, you like PSA. I'm, I'm not cutting my hair. But here's honest. the thing: people you, you love my hair. Not look, me. bro. You, you rock the ball. Look. Like, now, but here's was... the thing, though. This, this is the thing. I think people love the hair, not me. I've never seen so much distraught about somebody else's hair. <laughs> like, look, I, I'm. Let's... This is my project for the weekend. <laughs> Yes, yes, Eddie. Shout out to Eddie. That would be phenomenal. Uh, Ant, how would you said Bree won't let you get a mullet? How would yeah. you feel if you just showed up bald one day? Like, didn't ask, just came over, went down to Columbus, and you had no hair. I feel like it wouldn't be that shocking because, like, you've seen my dad. I look just like him. That's why I look yeah. like bald. That's a good like, point. Yeah, like, when did your dad, when did your dad go bald? Uh, around this time, like, he started losing his hair like 25, 26. I haven't started losing anything. <laughs> Uh, but I'm really, I'm really hey, hoping it just keeps going gray. Earl, I got you, gray beard hairs and everything else. Earl, so I, you, I know for anyone who didn't know, and Earl, hopefully your daughter's doing well. Is she feeling better? Yeah. Earl had better. to take his daughter to uh, urgent care this morning. She was sick, but seems like she's under control. Did you yeah. happen to get a chance to watch the show today, Earl? Um, I watched the, uh, I watched the, what is it? Uh, the Wiggins, the Wigs interview. Yeah. Okay. So someone put in the chat that that guy looked like you in 20 years. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Dang, for real. You know what? I kind of see it. Now the hair obviously way different, but the the facial expressions and the beard. Hey, I, I kind of see it. Great interview. He was like, awesome. Been a great listen. We we've been cooking with the with these guests with these guest interviews for that cover these other teams. That was a great interview. Like he had, he had some really good insight. He, good. he kept it all the way real. He was good. Was I thought Keeler was good with some Flacco stories. If you guys missed yeah. that, uh, Casey Keeler, who I covered in Texas, coached Joe Flacco in, in uh, Delaware. He told us that Flacco came to his office before his junior year and said, uh, I'm going to try out for the baseball team here. I'm, I'm not playing football anymore. And Keeler was like, the hell you ain't, and made him, <laughs> made him stay and play football. He had some other great stories, so go check that, out. Check that interview out. It is on our YouTube page. But, uh, guys – DTR practice today. And shout out real quick to everyone who tunes in every time we do Behind the Glass. We appreciate y'all. We may have something special next week for you guys. And we're just trying to finalize the details. But we tease stuff all the time. I mean, this could be very, very special. So shout out to you guys in the chat already. Uh, Carrie, Lawrence, Eddie, Marshall, anyone else I missed, Joe, uh, George. I think that's everybody. We, we appreciate y'all. And if you have any questions... Let us know. Ant will be scanning the chat, trying to find anything for the end. But uh, let's talk a little football real quick. DTR practice today. Mm-hmm. Limited, not full, but he, that means he did not clear concussion protocol, but at least he's showing uh, signs of progression to be back on the practice field. Joe Flacco was a full participant. Stefanski said he will not name a starter, probably won't name a starter till later in the week. Earl, I'm just going to ask you at this point. It is Wednesday. We only have the information we are we have been given, and we only have the information from DTR limited practice. Flacco coming off his first start. Given the choice, is it a choice, or is Flacco the only guy you could roll out on Sunday? Man, I'm still going wacko for Flacco. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm serious about that, man. Listen, 
I don't think any fan can deny anybody that covered this team can deny that when you saw Joe Flacco running that offense last week, you felt like the Browns was running a pro style off pro style offense. And you felt confident by, by what you've seen. Like, I don't think nobody left that game feeling pessimistic, right? I don't, I don't, I don't I like pessimistic. I'm sorry. I don't feel like nobody left that game feeling like, damn, you know, the season is over. If anything, you left that game feeling encouraged and, and looking forward, like, okay, if he, if he did this his first time out the gate, then he can only get better with more practice reps, more film study. And I think that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. I think that it's a situation to where he doesn't really have to come out and name a starter right now. Like they still playing a whole practice squad game. Got to elevate you. DTR is still in concussion protocol. So like for us, I guess it would do us some good for him to just come out and name it. But I mean, you can still hold your hand close to the vest right now. There's no need for you to go out there and rush to name a starter. I think internally he already know Joe Flacco is the starter this week, but he might be playing mind games with the other team, making them prepare for both guys. And why not? Right. Yeah. Like at this point in the season, it's a chess match, chess match and any little advantage that you can get, you got to take it. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I think I'm starting Flacco at least one more week uh, with the weak secondary that the Jaguars have we got a chance to beat him now with Lawrence out. I, I wasn't sure we really had much of a chance with everything going on, but Ward's back. Lawrence is out. I keep Flacco in there. I think he can run that offense very confidently. And he was really impressive to watch this Sunday. So I agree with Flacco and I'll tell you why in a sec, but just to play devil's advocate, ju- just to play devil's advocate to give DTR and that side, Jacksonville's pass rush is really good. Mm-hmm. And unlike last week where it was really Aaron Donald and really no one else. Jackson has a couple different guys that can get after the quarterback. Josh Allen has more sacks than Miles Garrett this season, which they're both phenomenal pass rushers, but that's a guy in the same threshold category. He's not as good as Miles Garrett, but he's in that top tier one or two pass rush level. Tavon Walker, Trayvon Walker, excuse me, was the number one overall pick last season. He hasn't fully put everything together. But he's a load on the other side. He's 6'5", 270. They're defensive tackles. They don't have a ton of sacks, but their PFF grades in the pass rush, all pretty good. The Browns' offensive line played phenomenally last week. Like, maybe their best overall performance of the season, and that's what allowed Flacco to stand in the pocket and deliver solid pass after solid pass after solid pass. I don't know if the offensive line will be able to perform at that same level against a much better across the board. They don't have an Aaron Donald, but they have better guys across the board to keep Flacco upright again. Maybe DTR and his mobility is a bigger uh, a bigger advantage to the Browns offense against a defense like Jacksonville's than it would have been against LA's. But the right answer is Joe Flacco. And for I one reason that y'all didn't mention real quick, there's supposed to be 25 to 30 mile an hour wind gusts on Sunday here in Cleveland. It's going to be a windy day. Even at 38 years old, I'm not sure there's 10 guys in football I'm taking over Joe Flacco in a one-game scenario to let that bad boy rip and cut through the wind. It's going to be windy. And I know DTR's got a rocket arm, 62 miles an hour at the NFL Combine, but Joe Flacco has a decade-plus experience playing in conditions like that. And I'm not putting DTR coming off a concussion into that situation when I have a guy in Joe Flacco 
who just did a damn good job running the offense against LA. I think the weather plays a factor in this too, Earl, and that's why I'd roll with Flacco. I mean, I think everything you said about the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line is accurate, but I think with Joe Flacco lacks in mobility, he makes up in intelligence, right? He might not have the, the wheels to get away from that front four, but he has the whereabout and the understanding of what he's going to see on that defense to be able to make quick decisions and get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly, uh, no matter what the pass rush look like. So, um, you know, after I saw what I saw against the Rams, you know, I'm somebody that had very low expectations, you know, because like he didn't start this season on another team. He was at home chilling. And for that reason alone, like I understand what the history is, but I, I had some concerns on, on what it would look like. And so I set the bar low and seeing what I saw, like it exceeded every expectation that I had and made me comfortable to know that if the defense can just get their shit together, um, we'll be okay. Like, I, I really believe that. So, like, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, part two of this situation against uh, a, a very good Jacksonville Jaguars team who's struggling with injuries there, uh, themselves. But um, I haven't lost faith in DTR. I still think DTR is a quarterback that's going to be on this roster for a long time. They saw him as the long-term uh, backup to Deshaun Watson. I still think he can be that. Um, you know, I asked Joe Thomas uh, yesterday, about a veteran quarterback being in the room going forward. And I think Andrew Berry uh, learned a valuable lesson just seeing how this season has played out on how he assessed that uh, position next year. And so the Browns will probably carry three quarterbacks next year with a veteran being a backup and DTR being a number three. Um, I still got faith in that dude. But for this season, for the rest of this season, like uh, Flacco, give our, give us our best chance to win. Yeah, and, and one other thing with – Flacco, and this is, I guess, a positive and it could be a negative. That's only his second week in the offense with Kevin Stefanski and learning the system. So I'm curious. I mean, it, it seemed like he had a really good grasp of the offense, but how many new wrinkles is Stefanski going to be able to give to Joe Flacco this week now that he has an entire game in under his belt in his books? We may have only seen, and we don't know the answer. Like, he may have gotten the full playbook. He may have gotten 100% of what he could. Maybe he got 35%. Like maybe he only got fit. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a whole nother level to this offense that a quarterback like Joe Flacco can unlock that we didn't see in the first game. At the same time, there's now a game tape. There's now game tape on Joe Flacco in this offense, which allows the defense to see what he did, what he didn't do, where he was better than they thought, where he was worse than they thought to kind of calculate a way to get after Joe Flacco and make him, uh, make him move a little more. So, I think there's another level to this offense. We're going to talk about that on Friday, by the way. What's the next progression for Joe Flacco in a Kevin Stefanski offense? But there is also some game tape on him now that Jacksonville has that L.A. did not have the advantage of, of scouting because he didn't have any preseason snaps. I'd rather be in the side with Flacco where there's more to this offense as a, as a positive than a negative because Joe Flacco has 18 years' experience. It's not like he came out and did anything that you've never seen him do before. But now there is a little bit of game tape, so it'll be interesting to see how Jacksonville kind of counters that. You know, well, not to sound like Bull, but I, I've noticed like a lot, you know, Bull kind of, he, he shares what the latest line is on the Browns game. And, you know, when I heard that the Browns opened up as, what, three and a half point underdogs, and now the Browns are like three point favorites in this game, it tells me two things. Uh, the Ozmakers truly believe Trevor Lawrence is not playing, 
Yeah. Uh, they truly believe Joe Flacco is playing, and they truly believe Joe Flacco is good enough, even with a week of game film, to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh-huh. And so that says a lot about Joe Flacco, right? Yeah, that, that says a whole lot about Joe Flacco. And so. it's not just Trevor Lawrence. C.J. Beathard didn't practice today. He's dealing with a shoulder injury of his own. I don't, I don't know who the third string guy at Jacksonville is, and Beathard is expected to play, but it's not like he's going to get a full week of practice. He did not practice today, which means he's only getting two full days as a starter. I mean, and, rightfully, we know how that is about, right here. Say, we've talked right? about this enough this season that practice reps do matter, especially for a guy who hasn't had a full offseason with the ones and twos. And we talked about and, and Tony Wiggins today. And by the way, if you didn't see the interview with Tony Wiggins, go check it out. It was Earl in 20 years, and he was awesome. But <laughs> Kirk, like Christian Kirk's a huge loss, like a huge loss, because they had weapons between him, Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, ETN. They had guys that you had to account for all over the field. And without Christian Kirk, who was their most reliable, he wasn't the most explosive, but the most reliable threat, Tony Wiggins said he had the best chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, especially on third downs. That allows you to shift your cornerbacks over one. So now it's Ward on Ridley. You're one versus their one, essentially. Then you have Emerson versus Zay Jones, which is a matchup I think you'll get a lot of on Sunday. And I'll take Martin Emerson in that matchup. You could leave Greg Newsom in the slot, where I think we all agree is his, his best position. So I think a lot of things are lining up nicely for the Browns come Sunday. And I just can't believe we're in week 14. The Browns are on their fourth quarterback of the season. And we are saying... The Browns actually may have the better injury luck heading into a game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels crazy to say with all the injuries the Browns have sustained, but I think that's the reality for Sunday against Jacksonville. I think things is trending up uh, at real quick. Uh, I got to tell you all this before I respond to that. As you were as you were talking about Christian Kirk, man, um, that dude's a dog, right? Flat-out dog, and they do got weapons. And I've been watching the Jaguars for a long time. You know what? Like, him and Calvin Ridley – it's everything that I thought Justin Blackman and Cecil would be, right? Like Christian Kirk is is their upgraded version of what Cecil was during his playing days at Jacksonville. Like a reliable wide receiver, probably not the best on the team. Um, and Justin Blackman, we all know, like, Bro. you know, his career wasn't nothing. But the few games that you saw him out there, it seemed like all he did was make plays. You know what I mean? And so, like, they got play. The point I was making, like, you know, they keep them a couple playmakers. I remember when I was a kid, I think they had uh, Keenan McCardell yeah. and Jimmy Smith at wide receiver with Fred Jimmy Taylor Smith. in the backfield. So, like, you know, the Jaguars is known for keeping a couple playmakers around. I can definitely give them that. Um, on the injury front, you know, I listened to a lot of the press conferences. I think uh, Jed Wills is close to returning. That's, that's some good news, even though his replacement has been solid. That's a conversation for another day. But, you know, things are trending in the right direction for the Cleveland Browns in certain aspects when it comes to the injury situation. Denzel Ward returned to practice today. That's a good sign. So it looked like things are trending in the right direction in in a situation to where, like, you've lost two straight and you could really use a victory. Did did Marquise Goodwin play practice today? Uh, yeah, I think Marquise Goodwin definitely returned to practice as well. I got to check the email. I know we get that. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I pulled it up right. I found it. Uh, Goodwin. He was limited, so he. he I'm going to be extra cautious with Goodwin, but I know Amari Cooper did not practice today, and I think that's worth talking about real quick. And we'll start with you, but you've heard us say a thousand times, and you know the Browns well enough to know that Amari Cooper is the one guy week in and week out you can rely on. No matter who's been at quarterback, he's been the steady. If he can't go, 
How big of an issue is that for whoever ends up starting at quarterback for the Browns? Um, if it's DTR, I think it might be a bigger issue. DTR really only seems to have chemistry with him and Njoku, and Njoku keeps dropping passes anyways. I think Flacco will be okay. He's enough of a veteran that he'll throw other guys open. I don't have a lot of faith in Moore yet. He looked good last week, and I know they played together on the Jets, so they have a little bit of a connection there. I I don't want to play without Cooper at all. Like if I'm being completely honest with you, I hope if he's if he's ready to go, I'm playing him. But I think if we start Flacco, it'll be less of an issue. Yeah, real quick, Earl, I'll let you go. But Coop's in concussion protocol. So it's not a it's not a pain thing with Coop. It's uh is he gonna clear concussion? Yeah, protocol? no, like that's what I'm saying. Like if he's ready to go yeah, yeah. and he clears, like just just making sure everyone knows that we're not saying yeah. off like it, this is concussion. This this is not a toughness injury. Earl, what do you think? If Coop can't go, how big of a loss is that? If, if Coop can't go, man, that's huge. That's 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 major. Um, the only thing that I can find encouraging in, in that is Elijah Moore seems to have some type of chemistry with Joe Flacco to where he can get the best out of him. Um, David Njoku, you know, Mary Kay Cabot said he, she called for him to uh, kind of like step up and bring more to the table. And, you know, that's a dude that I, I believe that uh, who matter, no matter who's back there at quarterback, um, that they're relying on. And I know he's hard on himself because I know he's he knows that he's capable of that. A couple games ago when he had all those drops, he says, you know, like that's not acceptable and things got to get better. And so, like, I think he know what time it is. And I think he'll be ready to step up to the plate and take charge as the primary pass catcher if need be. Um, on a brighter note, Harrison Bryant has been balling the last couple games. So, like, you know, all isn't lost. It definitely makes things a whole lot harder without Amari Cooper out there. But hopefully that kind of breeds more opportunities for us to see what Cedric Tillman got as well. And for the love of God, somebody get Austin Watkins off the practice squad. Like, at this point, like, he can't hurt the situation none, right? <laughs> so why not give him a shot and see what's going on out there? Like, yeah, I we didn't get nothing from this wide receiver core this season that we thought we was going to get. No. Like, nothing. Nothing. Not even Amari Cooper has been Amari Cooper this entire year. But outside of that, we got absolutely nothing from a core group that we had high expectations for. It's not just Elijah Moore that the expectations was out there for. In my opinion, I thought people had high expectations for Donovan Peoples-Jones when he was here. You know, I thought that, like, Cedric Tillman can have somewhat of a decent rookie season. And so, like, it just sucked. Like, when it comes to that position, you always look around the NFL, man, and it's just people finding these dynamic wide receivers, whether it be a household name or a dude you never heard of. And it's like, man, here we are. We know we got an Amari, but outside of that, it's just always been a question mark. Yeah, so – I'll start with that, then I want to go back to Amari. We had a discussion preseason. How many Browns receivers could have 750 yards? And we settled on, you know, two, three, whatever. And they're probably going to have two. But we had a discussion that there was four, potentially five guys you could see being in that category. And we're going to be lucky to get two. And there's a chance we squeak by with three. Like, there's a chance. And Joku's on pace for slightly under. Uh, Moore is on uh, Elijah Moore is on pace for slightly under, but those guys can both get there with a couple solid performances down the stretch. Without Amari Cooper, and this is why I want everybody. I, I know Jacksonville might be playing with a backup, a third string. The defense has been better at home. All those things are true, but this game's not a gimme by any means. Jacksonville is in a must-win situation now to keep afloat, essentially in the 
uh, race for the one seed. They're one game back. But two, without Amari Cooper, this might be the worst collection of offensive playmakers in football. I'm like, it, it's in the conversation. Like, I still take what they have without Cooper over like the Patriots. But who's their best weapon? Or like, like who's their best weapon outside of Cooper? Is it a lot? Like, is it David Njoku? I like, think it is. What seventeen? Y'all? Like, and trust me, David's my guy. Like, I don't. No, I mean, I honestly think like, it is. Like. If you, if, I mean, as offense as stands right now yeah. without Cooper, I think it is David Njoku. I think even with the drops lately, he's still the most trusted target on the offense. Um, so my, my point is, like, if Njoku's your best guy potentially on Sunday, I don't care who's at quarterback. It's going to be an uphill battle because he's got not a ton to work with. And we saw, and we're gonna, I'm going to ask this on the show tomorrow. We saw when Deshaun got hurt. All of our mindsets, all of our mindsets went to, all right. Well, here's the run game. This has to be a Jerome Ford game, right? This has to be a Kareem Hunt game. It's the fans he didn't do that. And then DTR gets hurt, and it's Joe Flacco. And we look around and we say, all right, Flacco may not know the offense. This got to be the run game. This got to be the run game. And Jay tried to make the point on Monday that, despite the quarterback change, they've still been about a 50-50 run pass team, and even the last couple of weeks, slightly higher on the pass to run ratio despite the fact they still run the ball as much as any team in football. Earl, I think this might be the week that Stefanski pulls the okey-doke, and we see a heavy dose of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, and hopefully a little bit of Pierre Strong. But I think this might be the game, just because of how limited they are on the outside, they have to rely on the run game more than they have the last few weeks. Even though Jacksonville's pretty good against the run, I think they're top, I think they're ninth in football, maybe seventh. I think this is the game they have to rely on the run. And I'm a pass-first guy. But I, I, I want to see a heavy dose of Ford, Hunt, and Strong this weekend. I think you will see a heavy dose of Ford and Hunt, but I still think Kevin Stefanski is going to be Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski is going to throw that thing. Like, and I don't think he give a damn what the situation is. But the reason I still think you will see a heavy dose of both is because the one thing that both of those backs have in common is they can catch the football out the backfield. And so if you're not going to have Amari Cooper – you need to have as many pass catchers on the field at one time as you possibly can. And so I can see those type of sets to where, hell, you could put Kareem Hunt at running back and split Jerome Ford out wide if you have to do something like that on pre, uh, you know, on numerous occasions throughout this game. It would be a huge loss if you don't have Amari Cooper, but I don't think all is lost because you do have running backs on this team that are pass catching running backs. Other guys is just going to have to step up. Like it is what it is. You know, we was expecting y'all to kind of step up anyway. So this is our opportunity to do that. But I don't think it's going to change anything on how Kevin Stefanski approached this game. The weird thing is, man, they have a pretty good run defense. Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars do. Yeah. And they have a pretty good pass rush. But they pass defense is horrible. They're I think they rank like 30th in like pass defense. And so, you know, this is where Joe Flacco being a savvy, savvy veteran like, if he can complete some passes early and kind of, like, you know, get comfortable, then it can open up uh, other components of the offense, and I think the Browns will be okay. But by no means is this game uh, a gimme. And I think that we learned last week, and we honestly been seeing it all season, man, it ain't none of these games in the NFL that's a gimme. I think the, the Eagles lost to the Jets earlier this yeah. season, right? Jack Wilson was Bron the only quarterback to beat the Jets till last week. Yeah, like the Broncos beat the Chiefs. 
Um, I mean, hell, the Cardinals just beat the Steelers last week. So, like, this yeah. is just the NFL. And to me, the NFL is more exciting as well. Yeah, I mean, I for the regular season, absolutely, especially when your team is one of the kind of teams right in the thick of the playoff hunt. It makes every game more exciting. It makes every result from other teams in the playoff hunt. It gives you more of a reason to watch and pay attention. The Jags are good. I, they're obviously not as good without Trevor Lawrence, and they're definitely not as good without Christian Kirk. And, and losing Lawrence uh, is a great – thankfully he's okay, but it's a phenomenal break for the Browns who need uh, every – essentially every break they can get from here to the end of the season to continue to fight for a playoff spot. Being at home certainly helps. The defensive splits for the Browns home and away are colossal. It's one of my five stats this week. I'll give you a little tidbit, but they're about three times better according to the numbers at home as they are on the road. That makes no sense. There's no reason defense should travel. That's the one thing that you would think doesn't matter where you're playing because the offense is the one that has to deal with the crowd noise. The defense kind of thrives off that, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It should be, it should be a good game. And the Browns, as we talked about last week, the margin of error now is is razor thin. Like you really can't afford to drop games and continue to hold on to a playoff spot as Indy continues to play well, as the Bills are coming off a bye week. Denver's still in the hunt of it. The Texans are playing good, and they play the Browns in two weeks. So, I think it's a game the Browns. Kind of have to win. It, it, I'm not. It's not a gimme by any means. But if you tell me you have to beat C.J. Beathard to get into the playoffs, uh, you better damn well win that football game, especially with Denzel Ward back. Man, how I see this, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, one both or one or one or the other, if not both, you know, are are probably going to be a part of this year's playoffs. And we're a team that's a, that's right now slated to be a part of this year's playoffs. Like I said it earlier this year when it came to a single game and beating the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Like, if you want to be a big dog, man, you got to beat a big dog. Like, at the end of the day, if you want to be taken serious as a legit contender in the NFL, like, I ain't even talking Super Bowl contender. But just, like, one of those teams that that when you look across the landscape, you say, okay, that's one of the teams in the AFC that you got to worry about, right? If you want to be taken serious, these are the games you got to win. You know, games against other opponents that's going to be playing in the AFC or that's AFC playoffs or that's in the AFC playoff race, right? Like, if you want to be that dude, man, you got. if you want to be a big dog, you got to beat a big dog. And, like, you just can't keep barking all the time. And I think that's why these games are important. And so, like, you done lost two straight games. I didn't feel like – I didn't feel really good about the Browns dropping two straight West Coast games. And I done said it a couple times that I thought – like this was a seven game season after you beat the Steelers, you know, and like I kind of looked at it like I was kind of halfway joking, halfway not about the whole five and no thing. Like the Browns handle their business, man. I really believe we can beat anybody. And I, I'm not even being funny. Like if we handle our business and just play sound football, we can beat anybody. And that's where all the injuries, that's what everything we'd have been through. Joe Flacco legit made me believe that we can beat anybody if he play like that, if the defense get their stuff together. For the simple fact, I didn't seen the Browns beat people with worse quarterback play. I didn't seen the Browns beat teams losing the turnover differential. I didn't seen the Browns beat teams when they done lost some of their best players for the season or for the game or what have you not. If the Browns handle their own business, they can beat any team in this league. I think we've seen this year 
the Browns can beat any team in the league, and they can be beaten by any team in the league. Like, that's just the way the NFL season's gone this year. I will talk Cavs in one sec, but on, on Joe Flacco, I hope I'm wrong with this one. I, I hope I'm wrong. The last two seasons he's played, he started out well and tailed off. And last year was the perfect example. He had that phenomenal game in week two against the Browns, and he followed those two games up weeks three and four without throwing a single touchdown pass, four turnovers. The Jets lost both those games. He's 38 years old. I don't know how much juice he has in a sustained fashion in that right arm anymore. I don't. And if you tell me he's going to be great the rest of the season, I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if another game or two, his arm starts to to show a little bit of age, just like it did last year in New York. And you go back and watch the throws he made against the Browns in week one last year. The Browns were week two, but the week one throws and the week two against the Browns. His arm looked young. It looked fresh. It looked awesome. In weeks three and four, he looked old. And I hope 11 months off and not having a full off season that he is more, I guess, more ammo saved up in his right arm to throw more NFL-quality passes, especially in, in the cold weather now. I mean, Tyvis talks about getting hit. It's about to be cold as hell here in a few in a few days. And he's going to have to play a couple games at home in the cold. And he's an old guy. So I hope I'm wrong. I'm just not 100% confident that he has enough ammo left in that right shoulder to sustain the level he level of play he played against Los Angeles for five weeks here with the, the hits he's going to take, with the weather, with everything else. So I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion uh, that he's the guy the rest of the way, but I would I do think he's the right choice this Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I so I think the reality of the situation is, is he's not an old guy, first off. He's football old. He's right? football old, yeah. He's football old, but at 38 years old, I'm pretty sure his body can handle cold weather climate. I don't think his body and his health has declined to the point to where frigid air is going to bother him. At the end of the day, man, this man spent the majority of his career in Baltimore, like, and it get just as cold in Baltimore as it do in Cleveland. And then he spent some time in New York with the Jets. And, and so, Denver. Like, I'm not saying the cold. I'm just yeah, saying no, everything I'm just saying, like, in the cold. Like, when people bring up that aspect of it, like, that don't bother me per se. He's used to playing in the cold. He just spent damn near his whole career playing in, in, in the cold. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, there might be a game or two that don't look as good as he looked against L.A., right? Those things very well might be able to happen. But, you know, that's why it's important to have all three phases of, the, phases of this team, you know, start to click, especially at this particular time of the year, right? Like, I just trust Joe Flacco to kind of, like, handle his business and get and get the job done. You know, I know he had that bad throw and that turnover, and he talked about he was just late on that. Like, I just, I don't know. I just seem like I trust him. Like, to me, and I'm pretty sure to a lot of fans, like, that's that's one of the few. I'm not going to say the first time this season. That would be a lot. But it's one of the few times this season to where I looked at the offense and it looked like a professional offense and it was an offense that I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. You know, it's, I know we can win with this. So I'm telling you, and that's because it's the Brissett. We talked about this on the post game show, but it's the Brissett playbook and Stefanski for whatever reason is just more comfortable calling plays, designing plays, scheming things up, putting a pattern together in the under center, more playbook styled offense than he is 
in the shotgun heavy offense that he runs with Deshaun Watson. I, I wish there was a way to combine the two. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen a sustained uh, prolonged period of Deshaun Watson playing since he came back to Cleveland. He had the six games last year, but that was, you know, unique circumstances. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. We will, uh, we will find out, but he is definitely, in my opinion, the right guy to start this week against Jacksonville. And I, uh, if anyone wants to make the case for DTR, I, I, I think you're making the, the wrong case. But let's talk a little Cavs real quick. And we are 20 games to the season. The Cavs are 11-9. and nine. They play the Orlando Magic tonight. I guess the game's tipping off in 20 minutes. Uh, overall impressions of the Cavs so far? Uh, just... I don't know. We had a real bad taste uh, in our mouth last season at the end with uh, that series against the Knicks. And it's just been, I don't know if disappointing is the right word. Cause I mean, we're still like, we're 11 and nine. It's early in the season. Things can still click. We've been plagued by injuries. You know, you can, you can blame whoever you want at this point, coach Mitchell Garland. I, I think they need something to gel. And I, I don't know what it is at this point. I think it's just kind of disappointing. You know, every every game that I've gotten to watch, it just feels like no one's super interested in playing. And I don't know what that I don't know where that starts at. I'm I would say when I played sports, it started at the coach. Uh and I'm I know JB's already on the hot seat, so I'm not gonna pile on to him. You know, I, I don't like calling for another guy's job. But if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And it, something is wrong with this team rotation wise and everything else. So it's been disappointing to see. I was really hoping that they were going to bounce back from last year, and it, I just don't see it really clicking yet. Oh. It's been a horrible last start to the season, if you ask me. <clears throat> the Cavs has been disappointing in damn near every aspect of everything, right? And what makes it even worse is they had the audacity to think that if you just ran it back with the same coach, with damn near the same team, and just added a few pieces, that it would fix your issues. And to be totally honest with you, the fact that you did that, you're probably even worse than what you was last year because you've been exploited, right? People see what you're about and what you're not. And the fact that you did that, you kind of like put us behind the eight ball a little bit. I really felt like the, the Cleveland Cavaliers should have moved on from J.B. Bickerstaff this previous offseason. I've been disappointed at the start of this team, the effort of this team, the attitude of this team. And to me, I think all of that falls on the shoulder of J.B. Bickerstaff. I think that you got a talented roster. I think that you got a lot of youth and raw talent and certain players on this team. And I think that you don't know how to put together quality lineups. And I kind of honestly feel like that, like you might have reached your ceiling with as far as how far you can take this team. Mike, you are the one this offseason that sat around convincing everybody, including myself, that this was a top three team in the Eastern Conference. Did you or did you not, right? This I team see. right now is 11-9, and nine, currently sick. sitting in the eighth space of the Eastern Conference, right? So anything less than this team, uh, 20 games in, being less than the top four seed, you're below expectations, right? And it's our job to call a spade a spade. And it's disappointing, and it, I quite frankly, it's pissing me off, man, because I believe this team – can actually reach their ultimate goal, but it's something with the chemistry. Like it's something with this mixture that just ain't right. It's like, man, you putting me in the kitchen and you asking me to make macaroni and cheese for the first time on Christmas day. And you are, you a food expert and you can tell what is missing. Like something is missing. 
so I, I, I'll take the L on saying they should be a top three team, and I stand by the fact that had things gone as I anticipated, they would be. I thought, and once again, I've been wrong so far, I thought we'd see Mitchell and Garland find a way to better coexist as a backcourt. Frankly, I think it's taken a step backwards, not a step forward. And that's the number one issue with this team right now is they have no flow or cohesion offensively. They are way too predicated on the pick and roll. And when you play pick and roll offense, there are still ways to get other guys involved. But essentially, that comes down to a guy with the ball, which is either Garland or Mitchell, the screener, and then two guys in the corner. They have the guys to run that effectively. The issue is when Mitchell does it, Garland just stands around. When Garland does it, Mitchell just stands around. And you're not getting the most out of your most talented players. Evan Mobley, I thought, would take a step forward. And you can tell me, and I, I got in this argument the other day on Twitter. Yes, I am well aware he's putting up career highs in points, rebounds, and shooting percentage, even though each one's up by like half a point. I think he's averaging 17 points from 16 last year. It's a minute thing. I still don't see the aggressiveness needed to make me believe when push comes to shove, he'll be able to get a bucket over somebody in the post when needed. I still don't see that mentality that he's a killer. I think he's a perfectly a perfectly fine player. He's good. If he never gets any better, ever, this is as good as he'll ever get. He'll play in the league for 15 years, make $150 million, and be a serviceable player. But I just don't see the traits that scream superstar yet. And you can tell me, yeah, he plays with Mitchell and Garland, and then Earl, I'll call on you in one sec. But the, the truth is, look at the, look at the other young stars in the league. They're good enough where they demand, demand the ball. The offense has to be funneled through them, has to be run with them more involved because they're the future of the team, not only, but B, because they're one of the better offensive players. And you can't tell me in year three, you can't tell me in year three, a guy with the unicorn, the unicorn label, as much potential as Mobley has, hasn't found a way to be more integrated in this offense. And I've played enough basketball to know if you have a guy in the court who even if plays aren't being run for, if he's good enough to get the ball, he'll find the ball. There's a reason Garland and Mitchell aren't deferring to Evan Mobley. Trust me. You can tell me. You can give me any excuse in the world. I've played enough hoops. You cannot tell me that there's not a subtle subconscious thing to where they're thinking a bad shot by me is a better offensive option than giving it to Evan here because I know what he's going to do and it's not going to be good. Bro, what was your question? And I, I got a serious question. So as, you talk, as you're talking about Evan Mobley, uh, somebody asked me this yesterday, and now I'm going to ask you, before the chat go crazy, I'm not saying I think this. This is just a question. Is Evan Mobley better than Miles Turner? Like right now? Yeah. Like Miles, Miles Turner is a, a way better shooter. <laughs> go ahead and say it. Like, be honest. Listen, Miles Turner is a good player. Once again, Miles, like if you're Miles Turner, that's fine. Like if, if you draft a Miles Turner, you're happy. Like Miles Turner is a very – very serviceable, solid center in the NBA today. He's on the Indiana Pacers, who doesn't know, and he's a really good three-point shooter. He's athletic, pretty good rim protector. Him and Mobley are different. Like Mobley's probably better overall defensively. Uh, Turner Turner's a little bit better in terms of like point of attack defense. Mobley's a much better help defender. Mobley is way more upside, but he's also like seven years older. So I'd say right now they're probably pretty similar. But Mobley's upside's higher. But as far as a fit for the Cavs, Miles Turner's a way better fit for the Cavs right now. 
like a way better fit for that. He can shoot threes. If you you could play him and Allen together because only one of them has to be in the paint. Miles Turner doesn't go in the paint unless he's dunking. So I I don't know. B- big picture with the Cavs, and I, I it's never one person's fault. But when you watch them play, it just doesn't look like they're playing hard. They look disinterested. They look like they're going through the motions of the last six minutes of the game. And when they played Portland, and you guys know my, my friend coached Portland, I had I had good seats. You could see it up close and personal. They just look disengaged. And when you're disengaged, that comes back to coaching. And for whatever reason, whatever message JB is preaching to this team is not sinking in and locking in like it needs to. And that's an issue. Because we're only 20 games into the season, Earl. They're not out of it. This is still a team. They're, they're not They're not 6-23 and 23 and have quit. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. So JP definitely... might be – JP's probably a good coach. He's just not the right coach for this team. Listen, the Cavs is not out of it. I I didn't I didn't see a situation before to where a coaching change was made and this team still went to the NBA Finals. Now, granted – It happens. It happens. LeBron James was a part of that team, but – I'm not counting them out, man. I'm just disappointed and I'm frustrated because I got high expectations for this basketball team. And I feel like for as talented as this team is, man, they deserve better. Yeah. Like they, man, we got we got so much talent. Like, man, we you know how like back in the day, like on the PlayStation at Mike on whatever system you was on, and you would play NBA Live before 2K became the thing. And you had certain lineups that you could put out, right? You had your three-point lineup, your big man lineup. You had your you had your fast lineup. Like you be used to be able to like go through the subs and click through different lineups that you would want to put in. There was default lineups that they would make up for you. And the point I'm making is, I feel like the Cavs got that type of roster. I feel like you got that type of roster to where you can roll out such and such with such and such. Okay, this is this is my three and D lineup. Or I can roll like, you know, them and them, this is my big man lineup. But I feel like because of how either his coaching style is or whatever the case may be, the young dudes don't really get a chance to play unless somebody is hurt. And that shouldn't be the case, right? Like, you should be able to kind of, like, mix them in with the veterans and mix and match certain lineups to keep opponents thrown off their game and, and stuff like that. And I just don't feel like that, like, like that happening. They said Mikey McMurder be killing them sweets. I guess it's almost time for fan questions. Hey, that's gonna I, stay. I do I do love Reese's. Like I, if you if you bring Reese's around, it's it's dangerous. I got a question. Hey, Columbus Yo. crew, are they planning the championship this weekend? Yep, four o'clock Saturday. Four o'clock Saturday. Columbus. And this is like this will be a what they second championship? Third? I think third off the top of my head, I think it's their third. All right. So how many championships have they won like since the Haslam's been owners? I'd have to look up when the Haslam's bought them, but they did just win in 2020. So maybe the Haslam oh, ain't let me, bad. Let me do it. some research. Maybe it's just bad it. situations with the Browns. But all I'm saying is they own a championship. They own a professional championship team. I'm That's very excited. I'm I, should, I regret not buying the Apple TV pass. I would have watched the whole season. Shout but. out to the Columbus crew, man. I'm going to be yeah, watching. Last, I'm going to be texting you, asking you questions. I got Last you. thing on the Cavs, and we'll get to some viewer questions. To me, what's funniest about the Cavs is they went, you know, they went supersized, right, with the two bigs. And they have all the advantages of being a giant team, except none of the – let me rephrase that. Scratch that from the record. Rewind. Take Erase that last 10 seconds from your brain. The Cavs went giant, except they have none of the advantages of being a giant team. Right? The NBA essentially is, is going kind of smaller, but the Cavs play two seven-footers. Do you like any matchup one-on-one with Mobley or Allen in the post? 
Like, even if the team switches on him, do you trust either one of those guys taking a wing down to the post and doing some sort of post move to get a bucket? Casey, I do, to be honest. Like, no. The answer is no. And they have two little guards. And you need better defensive efforts from both of them. Garland's not a good defender. Mobley could be. Not Mobley, excuse me. Mitchell could be. He uh, doesn't put a ton of effort in the regular season. That's not uncommon. That's not even a knock on Mitchell. He that That's pretty status quo. But you have two little guards, and you have two giant bigs. And the little guards, for the most part, are guys you play because they're pesky defenders. Well, the Cavs' little guards aren't pesky defenders. And the bigs you play are so you can hope to punish switches, and the Cavs can't take advantage of that. So they have all the makings of a team that causes advantage mismatches except they can't take advantage of the mismatches they're creating. So it's frustrating. I don't. There's not a one fix, but and I hate calling for a guy's job. I, I just think at this point, it's time for them to move on from J.B. Bickerstaff because I just don't think the team's responding to what he's asking of them. And at some point, you've seen it with great coaches before, the message just gets stale. And I think J.B.'s message at this point has gotten a little stale. We got some fan questions, Ant. Is that what Yeah, you, real uh, quick, though, I do want to say, so Haslam has won one championship. They bought them in 2019, so do without. they won the very next year after he bought them. They're in the finals, and then they won in 2008, Earl, just so you know. Well, shout-out to the Columbus crew, and shout-out to the Haslams, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, they still got a championship organization. So Championships at championship. I learned that covering Sam Houston with Casey Keeler, man. Trust me. You wouldn't know that was FCS, D2, D3, or the, the college football playoff. They celebrated like it was the biggest thing that ever happened. Oh, yeah, I don't blame them. Are right, you guys ready for fan questions? I got a couple here. And last one. All right, so when you guys hear Bull say, I have some really big news. Who's this from? Who's this from? Oh, sorry, sorry. This is from Kyle Benner. Uh, but when you, we hear Bull say, I have some big news, and then proceeds to talk about how his new bidet within the opening minutes of the show, how does that make you all feel? Mike, do you want to start with this? Yeah, let me start with this. Earl, you weren't here today when this happened. Oh, Bull, I was watching. I was clipping that first segment. Okay, you were there. Bull always tells me beforehand, he's like, hey, I got something off the top I want to talk about. But he never tells me what it is. I have learned to just accept it because if he tells me, I'm going to tell him not to do it. Or I'll be like, Bull, what the hell, why? But usually, usually it makes me laugh. And little behind the scenes for you guys you know we don't usually start the first topic till eleven ten for a reason because we let everyone kind of come in we want as many people there when we start we give 10 minutes so everyone can kind of trickle in so we have 10 minutes to mess around sometimes it gets a little too crazy you should have heard the conversation before the show today so <laughs> yeah, uh we, yeah we when he says that i just he's like a bull in a china shop you just gotta let him run and usually, I would say eight out of ten times, I'm all for whatever he says before we get into the first topic. There is always once or twice where I'm like, eh, do we really need that? But I love Bull, and uh, it makes the show fun. Like, it, it, it makes the show fun. So it keeps me on my toes, too. You know, I, yeah, we, I got a really, those- we got a really, really unique show, right? Like, some of the stuff that people do, it can be frustrating, but it's, it's just it come it just come with the territory. These these the breaks, right? That's what makes our show unique. Um, I'm not really all that interested in a, a really expensive toilet. Like, <laughs> like long as it flush, bro. Like, you know, but to each his own. I can't tell a man what to spend his money on. I know I wouldn't spend my money on it. Whatever house I have, because probably I'm going to rock with the toilet that's in there until it breaks. 
Then I'm gonna go to Home Depot and I'm gonna try to see if I can find the best deal on the best quality toilet. I'm just not that dude. Like, do you know what you have to ask Bull? So Bull told us he takes a shower after every time he shits with the new bidet or washlet. Does he still shower? Text him right now. We gotta know this by the end of the episode. He will respond. I'm gonna call. That's a little. That's a little too high maintenance for me, man. Like that's. That's what he's. I'm pretty sure he spent a good. What he said, a couple hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. Man, yeah, I didn't realize it was that fancy. Oh, Bull, Bull's watching right now. Bull, uh, I'm gonna put. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Bull, you're, on, you're on speaker right now behind the glass. Do you still shower after you use the washlet? First of all, Mike, you gotta turn him up. I can't hear him. Well, he. No, now I don't need to shower because of the washlet. Dude. <laughs> I, yeah, okay, that answers our question. Bull, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> man, $500 on the toilet, man. That was, that was breaking news. <laughs> breaking news from Bull. Hey, uh, let me add a caption in here real quick if I remember how to do this. Oh, no. There we go. Oh, but real, 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 yeah. here. When it happens yeah. in those first 10 minutes, eh, have fun with it. Like That's literally how we designed the show. Like That first 10 minutes – on a slower day like today can be anything like we can just have fun with it and like mike said we really kind of need like that calm down like time before mike what did you do <laughs> I, I, I really wish like and, and i say this about here i say this at the radio station too like the conversations that that's had before the show starts here like if we can do like some you know, kind of like sports media uncut or like, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> you know, MTV or BT Dark, that would be dope. And it's the same thing when I'm at the radio station. The conversations that's held between segments when the microphones is off is probably a million times better than any content that you get when the microphones is on, man. That's one of the things that's a hidden gem about this business that I absolutely love. Like, if somebody said name something priceless about what you do for a living, that's that. And read like, the next one. Bull's gonna hop in here in a sec. All right, cool. But yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta save all that like pre-show talk for the UCSS tell-all documentary in ten years. Hey, <laughs> if Bull go like five or something minutes over, man, I'm gonna hop out and let him take my spot. I gotta all get right. Yeah. Well, here, let's go. So the next one is from uh, Mit M Temsic Four, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, thoughts on two a two back set for Flacco this game. We'll do this real quick, then we'll let Bull in. Uh, Bull, we're going to answer this question, then you can defend yourself. Two-back set this weekend. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Stefanski's going to get creative. I saw a stat today that said the Browns have the most diverse running attack in all of football. Haven't seen a lot of two-back sets yet, but I would expect Stefanski to get creative this week. I'm not against it. I think two-back sets uh, create some, some matchup difficulties for defenses, and it's something the Browns haven't showed a lot of, so maybe this is the week. Hey, let Bull answer some of these uh, super chats with us. They asked the question about who eat the most at work. Oh, I was getting to that. I was getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, Bull, Bull, you're here to yeah. defend yourself and your, your washlet. Do you still shower? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I put on the show to, to support you guys, and you're attacking me, which is no. outrageous. It's, we said it's we not an it. attack. We were like, outrageous. Question. Like I don't, I don't. I, and, man, that's crazy, boy. Like I wish I had, I wish I had that type of money to buy that type of toilet. You know, first of all, it's not a toilet. All right, <laughs> it's a washlet. Get it right. It's not a toilet. I have a toilet. You put it on top of the toilet. Let me tell you something, okay? 
in in a number of years, I will make that money back because I don't have to spend any money on toilet. Think about it. I'm not gonna spend. I I, I don't. I'm not gonna have to buy, ever, barely ever buy toilet paper again. Eventually, it'll pay for itself. But it's not just about that. First of all, think about this. Okay, let's say you get some shit on your arm, there, Earl. You get shit on your arm, okay? All right. You you gonna clean it with just uh, toilet paper, or you gonna wash it? What are you gonna do, Earl? You gotta answer, Earl. He came on the show and asked you a question. You gotta answer. This is our show. You can't hide. I mean, I would probably do both. <laughs> what do you mean both? What would you use toilet paper for? If you got shit on your arm, you're gonna wash it with soap and water. Okay, yeah, but before. Before before I put soap and water and a rag to it, I gotta get the like I gotta get the the access off, and then you take the soap and the water. And then no, you no, no, no! You just get the soap and the water. Now listen to me, okay? In most parts of the world, everybody's got a bidet because it's cleaner. It's disgusting that we wipe our ass with toilet paper. It's gross if you really think about it. Compared, we're just so used to being dumb Americans. We think every we're better than everybody and everything. And we're not. Some things, not everything, and this is one of them that we're dumb. Okay. So to me, it was a worthy purchase. Now, I have worked my ass off for my entire life to be able to afford something nice like this, which is good. You know, I don't I don't uh, piss away money left and right. So that's first of all. OK, you shit it away. I shit it away. <laughs> Number two, the part of the reason I got it is so I don't have to take a shower every time I take a shit. Oh, Bull, that's is, the, is the warm is it warm water or cold water from the tap? You could do whatever you want. It's your yeah. option. Oh, fancy. Did anyone ever choose cold? Well, we just got it, but no, no, I, mean, I don't general, think anybody... not, not you, but just in general, anyone? No, my wife, yeah. no, nobody, nobody would choose. You wouldn't choose cold, but there's four different temperature settings. And then you I got mean, fan. Like it's I'm beautiful. Like... It's beautiful. But now, but now, listen, day? I don't know what I missed this part of the conversation. I just heard part of this, but let me say something. Nobody on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show has, and you know this, Mike, because we've talked about this. Nobody on our show of the of the of the on air of the panel people has a better awareness than me. Yeah, you 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 must have missed before I gave you all your credit. Before. Okay, you must have tuned in. So I, the question the question was yeah, uh, from Kyle Kyle Benner who makes the graphics. So this is the guy who puts you on DT. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I like that. He guy. said when you hear Bull say I have some big news and proceeds to talk about his new bidet within the opening minutes of the show. How yeah. does that make you feel? And I said. Nine out of ten times, I think you said it's eight. I heard you said eight. Eight, what, eight out of ten times. I, what, <laughs> but most of the time, yeah, I'm all for it. Some days we have other stuff, and I'm like, let's let's get to it. And it's even not even your fault. It just sparks conversation elsewhere that we can't right. crowd back in. But for the most part, the for the most part on our show, when we go off on tangents or we go too long on something, it's very rarely my fault. Very That's rarely. Fact. Okay, and I'm usually asking Bull, Bull, bring yeah. us back in. I'm yes. usually in Bull's ear asking him to. Exactly. Now we're not going to drop names on whose fault it is. Right, right. I but, think the educated ones in here could put two and two together. Yeah. But, but do I do bring up silly things like this? Yes, and that's why people loved my radio show, and that's why people love this TV show is because we do shit like that that most uptight media members are not willing to talk about. Now, it's fair. There's times I'll bring up some shit, and maybe it misses the mark, and it's not funny. And that happens, but it's worth it. Even if you, even if you're right, even if it's eighty percent, it's worth it. The eighty percent, oh, hundred percent, to to have the yeah. shitty twenty percent. Yeah. Oh. But I try not to yeah. to let it go on too long. And and as you said, you were right. 
you know, the first 10 minutes, we're giving some time uh, for people to kind of catch up and get in before we get too deep into the first topic. Yeah, I, so I don't have an issue. Like I said, I don't have an issue with it ever. I think sometimes, like you said, it not everyone lands, but not every take yeah. is right. Even I on a bad day, that's today. what make our show dope. That's right. right. That's why like, we're even, different. That's yeah, why we're different. That's, day, why we're that's what make us dope. Like so, those are those are the things that that's uh that's dope. A little behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes too, in the opening ten minutes, you'll you'll hear, and you guys may not even know it happens, but you'll hear some leftover uh, little crumbs from the conversation we had pre-show. Like today, for example, when someone said, Bo, what kind of water does it use? Does it use pineapple water? Uh, you know, sometimes uh, it spreads in and you could, and there, there goes yeah. Bo. And only some people are going to get that and you guys won't. But you'll actually, if, if you're, I don't want to say if you're smart enough, but. Wait, well, I'm gonna, we can before, tell wait, the fans. We don't have to no, tell them you how. Continue. Go ahead. This is how in sync all of us are with UCSS. I'm sitting there with my baby girl getting ready to clip the show, so I'm not in studio. And as soon as I heard pineapple juice, I was like, they wow. I knew exactly what conversation was being held, like right before the show started. All I'm going to tell you is 100% accurate. It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> accurate. Shout out to the barbershop. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody, people are commenting about the shirt. This is, my, I, this is my favorite shirt. I wear this, like, around the house. I must wash it four times a week because I love wearing it. It's my most comfortable <laughs> T-shirt, like, around the house. Uh the pineapple thing, I'm not going to say who brought it up or the story behind it, but we could tell the people what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, so, folks, the pine, apparently, we, some of us found out today <laughs> that apparently, <laughs> if know. you're on like a cruise or something, I don't no, know this if this is, is just, just, just in general. Oh, this is, no, general. this is like everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Apparently, oh, yeah. if you walk around with like a pineapple shirt or if you got a pineapple in your door, that means you're a swinger. Especially if yes. it's upside down. Yes. And I had no, I didn't know this, and and most of the other people in our conference, only one person knew it because they just found out. Well, uh, well, no, someone else knew it because he goes on solo cruises where I'm 99 percent sure that's where director. I'm gonna call it director Steve. I think director <laughs> Steve's a swinger. I think he's a swinger. No, he's dude, dude. <laughs> oh, poor. There Steve. is. I mean, do you do you want to give us all nightmares? I mean, what are you talking about? That, poor that's, Steve. I actually, Steve. Listen, I love Steve. He can't be a swinger because he's single, so he actually well, can't be a swinger. But, but. you know what? If Steve ended up being like a wild kinky dude, that would be actually pretty great. Great because he, if if you had to say who's the wildest, <laughs> if, if 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 you had to ask all of us who's the least likely to be kinky and wild, he would be the he'd be the last choice. You know, who, who's the least? He'd be the first choice. Right, he right yeah, yeah. least likely. It's him. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. We'd all say Steve. No, My no, he's never been inside a furry animal. There you go. <laughs> and so, if he actually was, it would be kind of interesting because you wouldn't expect it. So I'm dying at the chat. See, sometimes, sometimes I think the chat. Oh wait, that that's the wrong one. Sometimes the chat misses the mark. Sometimes the chat is absolutely on fire. <laughs> Creative Juice is a funny dude. Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> Terrell, this is oh, what happens man. an hour into behind the glass when we invite yeah. Bull on. This is just, this is the true behind the we glass. Lose behind the glass. And um, the question about uh, let's see, K Casey Carrie tweets kinkiest would be Tyvis or McNuggets. No, Tyvis would be bottom of, would would not would be close to Steve on that list. Oh, I would guess Tyvis would be the the least kinky of the bunch. Tyvis oh. is very straight laced. 
That that is true. That's true. That is true. People don't know that, but he really is. Like, yeah, Tyvis doesn't drink. He's never drank yet. Has never done any drugs. He don't he mess around. Drink, he's he ain't never smoked. Yeah. He ain't never missed a day of school. No. Tyvis ain't no, yeah. no like, he is. He is the like he's a goody two shoes basically. Yeah. Like <laughs> straight up, one hundred percent. Actually, yeah. So it wouldn't be uh, somebody says McNuggets. Yeah, I could see McNuggets. Definitely me. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> um, I could be in the in the game, Anthony. Oh. Anthony's got some crazy shit going on. You know that. Earl, nah. Earl's a little uptight when it comes to that, I feel like. I G. Know. Bush, definitely. A G. Bush <laughs> would be up there. G. Listen, we went to G's house for his birthday. Yeah. Great house. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like a hidden sex room behind a bookcase in his house. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, nothing, nothing would surprise <laughs> me with G. His, G his, there's yeah, literally you know, nothing you could say nothing. about G that I'd be surprised by at this point. Yeah, I'm nothing. actually with you. I'm with you. He had, he, had, so Earl, you weren't there in his laundry room. They had like black dividers, like blocking off where the the laundry machines were, which I thought was kind of weird because they live in the house by themselves. So like, who are you dividing the laundry room from for whatever? But I'm telling you, there, there might be a hidden staircase or a hidden bookcase, hundred shelf, yeah, where where G's doing something. But G's Anything. the man. I, I love. I hope he's. I hope he feels better because the show's not the same without him. I miss. Right? I hate when he's not on. This is accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the question about That's food? Accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what was the question about food? Oh, okay. Uh, so this one comes from Creative Juice, and it says, "There's always a guy who's snacking and eating at work. Which one of it? Like, which one of us is it? His guess is Tyvis. He seems like a guy who's always snacking. No, and he's actually guy, not even yeah, close. It's Earl and me. Like, it's yeah. it's between the two of us. We always well, have something. You guys, I mean, but we none of I mean, during the show, none of us can eat. You guys, do you guys Earl eat does. during the show? Earl does. <laughs> I yeah, eat during the show. I eat before. Y'all ain't seen how often, man. Listen, I, I started going grocery shopping for the production group. That's true. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we Is got all your... that groceries up here. Like, Speaking we, of which, I open, we have a little, like, mini fridge in the back, like, right by where Mike and, and Anthony and oh, Earl yeah, sit. Oh, yeah, you got to explain it to do, Earl. And, I, and today, <laughs> I opened the fridge to grab some waters, and I'm like, why is there a stick of butter in here? <laughs> Oh, so look. <laughs> what are you doing with that butter, Earl? <laughs> so no, so I used to bring bagels to work and I would uh, eat bagels before the show. And I used to like, you know, instead of like you know, just trying to find butter every time I want a bagel, just leave the butter here. All I right. kind of forgot I, it was I, in there. I can buy that. That man. uh so I mean there was a stretch there was a stretch of time where I was bringing up I was bringing food in before the yeah. show. You had breakfast for a while, and you brought some soup some days. You brought. Like, I brought soup, soup a couple of times, because there's a place called Susie's. Earl, remember they used to be in the. I don't know if you were there when they were in the Halley Building. You might not have been working at the radio station yet. No, but I only the, know yours truly. Yeah, there's a place called Susie's. It's on. Um, I, th- I want to say it's on East Thirteenth, uh, I think, and not Euclid. Uh, maybe Euclid, East Thirteenth and Euclid. There's like a hotel there, and there's some stores. Anyway, it, it, they they have uh, soups, and then they have like grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff like that. But that's a vile. So comment. I was, I like ranch. I don't, I don't. Butter makes no. ranch. Oh god. Uh, yeah. I don't like ranch dressing. Very. Um, I think if it comes to like real food, I probably bring the most meals to work. But Ant and Earl definitely snack the most. Well, but in fairness yeah, to you no. guys, you guys spend way more time there than we do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. 
like you guys I, are you guys are there from when to when i like, get in at 7 30 usually and leave three ish yeah whereas i get in at like 10 30 and leave at 1 30 j and g get in at 10 57 and leave at 1 30 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true yeah <laughs> i always feel bad when we have when we have like uh we had the mayor in the other day yeah and boy you were you no you weren't there the day with the mayor no no but like the mayor came in at 10 30 and it was just me <laughs> i was right there well no but like like, like <laughs> on the panel like it was just right, right, and right. was there too and director oh, Steve yeah. was there yeah but like he's like where's j and g i'm like they're coming and at 10 58 they both show up yeah and and the mayor the mayor is i i'm not political like i, I whatever he does like He's a cool dude, like as a person, really yeah. cool guy. And we, we just shot the shit for a while. And he uh, he said he wants to come hoop with me one time. So I'm hoping to get the mayor yeah. out to East Cleveland and go hoop. Jay came in at like 10.55 today. I'm like, wow, Jay's early. <laughs> Jay told me that he has a, a 10 a.m. shoot tomorrow for Channel 3. So he's like, I'll either be there at 10.30 or at 10.59.59. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, like, I'm not hey. in tomorrow. So yeah. you're on the panel tomorrow? Uh, no. Well, if G's back, G's on oh, the panel. Oh, he is? Good. Uh, and if he calls out again in the morning, then we'll we'll figure it out in the fly. But um, um, somebody was asking if Jay remember Jay used to bring his celery and peanut butter every day. He stopped doing that. Yeah, because he comes it. in too late to eat it. That's true. Good point. He, he also starts doing. I was talking to Jay in the gym today. Jay bought a Jay bought a Peloton, and he does the Peloton in the morning, so he eats after that, so he doesn't need uh, his celery. Um, and then he does cardio after the show. It, that dude's a psycho, and I love yeah. Jay, and good for him, but. That's that's a lot hey, of cardio. Listen, the guy's almost sixty; he's in great shape. So, yeah, he's he's actually strong as shit too. Like like Jay, before he hurt his his shoulder, yeah. Jay was putting up some real some real weight in the gym. So, he's the only one that ever I ever see in the gym for the most part when I'm there. Or and and um, uh, Austin, Austin uses it. Uh, there's a couple other people, but they don't go at the same time when when you would be, yeah. be there. And I think we have one more question. Oh yeah, Eddie had a question about the playoffs. Let me hop in here. Uh, Eddie asked, if we end up as the five seed and a top four seed loses in the first round, do we host the next round? Uh, it doesn't depend on who else wins. So it, let, if you're the only way – so the way you would be – the only way that the five seed could play could be a home game – Let's see. Uh, it, the, another look. So if the the six and seven would also have to lose, or also have to have win, to win, yeah, yeah. Because if you're the five seed and the six and seven seed lose, well, you just go play the one seed on the road in the next week. Yeah. But if the five, six, and seven all win, then the then the one seed would host the seven, and the Browns as the five seed would host the six. Oh, did that. Go see hey, the play. Y'all finish the show to the Later, fans. Be great spread. Love. Go Warrensville, man. Playing Gilmore tonight, man. Let's get this done. There you go. All right. Eddie, uh, we, Eddie, the water is not tainted. The water is good for now. We'll see. It really, it really is hit or miss. It's it really been mostly good. good. There's been two stretches over the year and a half that it's been bad. Uh, was that the last one, Ant? Yeah, that's all I had from today. Uh, so, Bo, I, I have a question for you. When we do, yeah. next time we do ask the show, guys. I know I put it in the text, but especially Bull likes the non non sports question. I know you That's guys have sports questions, but ask non sports. So I'm I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example. Bull. Yeah. 
You are on a desert island. Mm-hmm. And you have three choices. You have to have pizza, but the ranch, you have to eat it with ranch. No. Never. So you can't eat the pizza without the ranch. Ugh. Overcooked prime rib. Ugh. Like severely overcooked prime rib Ugh. or your own leg. What are you eating to stay alive? I thought you said, or my own leg? Your own leg. Like you got to go cannibal. You got to eat your own leg. I would leg. definitely eat the uh, overcooked prime rib. Over pizza with ranch. You're that anti-ranch. I can't. I, I, I think that ranch dressing is. It's not that I would be. Like if you said pizza with pineapple, which I think is disgusting, I would eat that because I, I at least like pineapple. I just don't want it on pizza. But I don't like ranch dressing, period. So even though I think it's gross, even if I liked it, but I, I can't eat ranch dressing. It would make me throw up probably. Oh, man. I love pizza with ranch. Yeah. Also, I actually. Because you've never had good pizza, Anthony. It's fair. I, you're right. I have one more question for you, Bull. This is unrelated, yeah. but Miss Nuggets mm-hmm. got a dog this week. Okay. Uh, she adopted a, a puppy, or it's a year old, so not a puppy. She's going to train it? You got to train the dog. Uh, yeah. There's that, no way she's going to train it. No chance. No, she's going she's gonna to train it. Mm, she, she's right. a good dog mom. But what, what, what's one piece of advice you would give to a, a dog mom, a new dog mom? That would be it. You got to train the dog. Because if you if we waited to like we're training our dog now, I should say we. My wife is training the dog. I'm freaking useless. <laughs> She's training the dog now. Our dog was a good dog. Like he doesn't jump on people. He you you were you got, here. You got your dog from the shelter too, right? We got dog from the shelter, but he shelter. and he was already like six. Oh, so, oh okay. Old so dog. it was hard. But my wife's been training him. The the only problem with my dog is he when he ever sees another dog, he goes ape shit. <laughs> So she's been working on him. We've been taking him to like doggy therapy, if you can believe that. <laughs> that I mean, that's uh, does that sound like a total uh, white person thing? Like, like only some wacky white people would would take dogs to therapy, like me. And anyway, we're getting the dog. Uh, so the dog is being trained, but that's that's the most important thing. You got to train the dog, and you got to take him or her for a walk every day. It's good for the dog. Some people just let him out in the backyard. And when the weather's crappy, sometimes we do that. But uh, it's important to take the dog for for a walk. And by the way, I saw somebody uh, tweeting, oh, I only use the ranch on the bland crust. Again, if the crust is bland, you're eating bad pizza. Fact. Crust, good pizza doesn't have bland crust. That's yeah. fact. All right. That's going to wrap it up for Behind the Glass with a special right, Bull Appearance Bull. We appreciate you. Go Warrensville. Ant. I'll see you guys. Friday, guys. Friday. For everyone else, appreciate y'all watching. Have a great night. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.